Well, hello and welcome to the Catherine Plano podcast, where we share tips, tricks, tools, and strategies that you can implement in your life for massive improvements. Every week, we have change instigators, compelling creators, and interesting humans who are breaking the cycle of convention and redefining success one mission at a time. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of practical goodness. An emotion is usually something, something is hit me, uh, annoys me, upsets me, and there is something here. For instance, if I see war on television and so on, the first question, and I'm upset about it, is where is war within myself? Where do I have war with my neighbor, with my family member? The outside world is nothing but a reflection and a mirror for us. So anybody who comes into our life, who pushes our button, is nothing but a mirror. There's something within ourselves that is not cleared up. Ever wondered if karma is more than just cosmic payback? Well, brace yourself for a transformative odyssey of self-discovery and enlightenment as we venture into an enthralling dialogue with Hans Wilhelm, a celebrated author, illustrator, and spiritual guru. In this riveting interview, Hans unfurls the mysteries of love, karma, divine guidance, and the profound tapestry that binds us all. Hans commences by illuminating the concept of karma, revealing it as more than a mere reckoning of deeds, but a dynamic force for personal growth. He underscores the incredible potential within our choices, steering our souls towards a journey of love and illumination. As you journey through this interview, Prepare to unlock the secrets of a life transformed, awaken your spiritual potential, and immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring interconnectedness of existence. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what side of the globe you are sitting on at this very moment. We have another special guest for you. We have the most amazing Hans Wilhelm. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Catherine. I'm delighted to be with you this morning, your morning. <laughs> yes, I know, you know. And I'm looking at me, I'm rugged up. I'm based in Melbourne, as those people that follow me know. Uh, and it is six o'clock in the morning and it is freezing. It's winter and it is really, really cold. And Hans has got this beautiful blue shirt with blue eyes. I was explaining how the the, the blueness around Hans is very angelic and your eyes really stand out. So uh, for those that are watching this interview, you'll see it definitely. So Hans, the way that we start the show is we always love to ask our guests, what inspired you to do what you do? Uh, sorry, what inspired you, you? I can't talk this morning. What inspired you to do what you do today? Well, Catherine, I am, my profession is a writer and illustrator, as I've done over 200 books. And 
ever I was young, I was interested in the spiritual life. I couldn't believe uh, what the churches were teaching. And I tried to find answers outside of the religious teachings uh, from a young, very young age. Uh, so for the last uh, 60 years and so on, I've studied many, many paths, Edgar Casey and so on, etc., and have really met wonderful teachers. But I kept it to myself totally because I thought it was a personal thing and I didn't speak about it. Uh, and don't share it with anybody really until one day, a few uh, sort of 15 years ago, when my father died and my father didn't believe in life after death, but um, he just sort of uh, was very convinced that there was be no life after this. And he said, uh, and I, I was with him for the last few hours of his life. And I says, look, dad, uh, just in case you may be wrong that there may be an existence after life. Um, I tell you, these are probably the 10 things which you can expect. So don't be surprised. So I listed that to him. And then he smiled a little bit. That's all he could do. And then he soon died after that. I totally forgot about it. It was only five years after when I was at a book signing of a medium whom I've never met before. And he came up to me right away and says, look, your father just entered the room. And he tell, told me to come to you and thank you for what you told him. Because everything that you said was true. And it helped him so much on his journey on the other side and he now is working at the receiving end for souls who have passed on and he sees the utter confusion of so many souls who have no idea what happens after death actually that they're aware that they are dead themselves are not even aware of that etc etc and says please write books about that subject tell the world about what you know and I thought about it, and I wasn't interested in writing more books on the subject. There are a lot of books, but very few people who read the spirit of books. So I thought one way to connect with the young people, because I gave up on the old people, they're usually stuck in their beliefs, but the young ones are still asking for answers like I did when I was young. So I connect, I've made videos on YouTube, very short one, five minutes, 10 minutes short. And in this video, I show visually how all the dots connect of where the karma is located in our soul, in the Akashic records, in the depository planets, etc., and how it comes back. And when one sees it visually, it becomes so much more clearer than if I just would, like I'm doing now, explaining it verbally. Uh, I'm a visual person. I'm an illustrator as well. So I'm using my talent to illustrate these things. So I've started that 10 years ago. They have now seen by millions and millions of people around the world, and I enjoy doing this, and I pass it on. I have zero interest to convince anybody. I am not belonging to any organization. I do not ask anybody to join me. I also I don't ask for donations. I support this channel on my own. I just merely offer it, and it is basically for myself, because as I read about the spiritual laws, I, and then I start drawing them out, it made more sense to me. And basically, that's what I share to the audience, because it makes sense to me, it may be sense to you. And if it works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, it's great as well. But so far, I have been very thrilled. I've learned so much. I've made so many wonderful contacts around the world with this. And it has become more and more my, my, my life now that I do more and more these videos, and I've got all the correspondence to answer. So the my career as a writer and illustrator has gone a little bit into the background, but that's absolutely fine because I think the information that I share is very much important is very important and people love to have it very clear and understanding because there is a lot of spirituality out there in books and they are very difficult to understand. I mentioned Edgar Casey earlier. I mean, if you have read Edgar Casey, you have to read each sentence three times. The same with Rudolf Steiner, three times before you think you know what he means. Today's material on which I base all my videos 
are coming from a woman in Germany. Her name is Gabriele. Uh, you won't find her on the internet. She doesn't want any personality cult. She's sort of an missionary of light. For the last 40 years, she has uh, given lots of revelations, books. Uh, they are all in the Sophia Library in Germany. And I'm using her material because after having studied so many other paths, I found her material the most profound, the deepest, and in today's language, the clearest information I've ever seen coming from the spiritual world. That's in a nutshell. <laughs> well, I, I've got so many questions. I've got goosebumps. Before our audience, I just wanted to share with you, I was sharing it with Hans before we came on the show, how I found Hans, is I was in Koisimwe and I was doing a seven-day fast. And day four, my body went into shock. And, uh, and then I started going really within and thinking about some parts of the world that don't have food, um, some parts of the world where children are starving, that don't have the luxuries that we have. And I was just in that moment thinking, it's such a cruel world. How could this be? There must be a reason. There must be a purpose. And I started going on a quest and that's how I found Hans. Uh, because when I looked at you, you have to go and check it out because the, it's so true. The way that Hans describes it, he makes it uh, digestible, easy to understand. And the pictures, because I'm a visual person as well, really resonated with me. So I'd rather, I, I'd really like to start unpacking because I think that was what the video made me understand the law, a little bit of understanding the law of karma and how it influences our lives and experience. So maybe let's start with that understanding. What is the law of karma? Well, to really grasp the law of karma, which by the way is a very lovely um, uh, watched uh, video on my uh, YouTube channel as well. We have to understand who we are. We are originally divine spirit being, perfect being created, as the Bible says, in the image of God, whatever that may be. But we are pure love because the highest form is love creation. And we are basically created out of light ether, which is another word for love, and have always been on that high frequency in the seven-dimensional reality. But some of these beings have left the seven reality in what is generally called the fall, separating themselves from the absolute reality and coming, falling into the temporal reality, the three-dimensional reality, of course, an effect of time and space and contrasts. All these things do not exist in the absolute reality. So here we are now. The reason is because we have acted against the law of love. Our selfishness has given us a lower vibration. We no longer can be in the high vibration of selfless love. And we have removed ourselves with our lower self-centered love to the degree of crystallization, which is actually the vibration of matter. We are here right now in the three-dimensional world of matter. Matter is basically nothing else in energy on a very, very low energy. So we have, over time, eons on eons of time, left the absolute reality and have what we call uh, shadowed our soul with the negativity from lifetime to lifetime through our selfish centered and acting. And by shadowing our soul, these are what we call the karma, karmic shadows, karmic burdens, um, which basically impede the light coming out of us. They basically sort of cover us like clouds and burdens us. So we can no longer be a shining being. Uh, it is the law of consequences. So in other words, whenever I acted against the law of love, doing something bad to you, to anybody else, even to myself, that negativity 
is then stored not only in my soul in the Akashic records, but also in the repository planets of the universe. That's where astrology originally comes from. All the planets in the universe, material and fine material universes, are repository planets of karma. So there they are stored for a while and they move about. Uh, and when they are full, then they start downloading the karma back to us. This can be in the same lifetime, but very often in another lifetime, in a future lifetime. So we are always facing what we have once sown. Or as I have another video called Our Life is on Rewind, we are always facing that what we have rewound on a spool of life in the past. We are facing our own negativity, not as punishment, but as consequence so that we see from the other side of how it feels to be hurt, to be hit, to be to be starved, to be whatever kind of horror we may experience. But most likely we have done the same horror to someone else as well. If we just think about the medieval times, how cruel it was. I mean, you couldn't even move from one village to the other without being killed. It was a horrible time. And um, that kind of thing, we are probably all have done horrific things in the past, which is the reason why we usually do not remember our past lifetimes, because it's we are shielded from the negativity that we once have given. We should be alive and focused on this lifetime and not be worried or feel uh, guilt about things we may have done in the past. So in other words, the karma then comes to back to us in small energies every day. Each person's day is very different, and it depends on the energy coming back from the stars towards that person. You may have a, a nasty accident in the traffic. I may have got a bad phone call, uh, or this horrible letter, or I might have a fight with my wife. Are things like this. These are no coincidences. These are energies coming back to us, which gives us now the opportunity to clear it up, to forgive, either to expiate it, to feel the pain, or to ask for forgiveness or forgive others who have harmed us. So it's a very straightforward thing. When you see it visually, you will understand it's magnificently simple. There is no punishing God. There is no evil. By the way, the reason why you also got puzzled about it was the reason why I couldn't believe the churches because they took out reincarnation. And it didn't make sense to me either why suddenly people have sick children or healthy children, etc. There was no loving God. But once I understood that karma is a self-inflicted law which we have created for ourselves to wake up again to our true essence, which is, again, divine, selfless, unlimited, and all-inclusive love. I love the way that you describe that. And it really uh, changes my perception because I was un under the um, the belief of we as a soul choose the different lifetimes we want to experience. But what you're saying is we're actually going against our true nature, which is love, light, and truth, right? So that is how then we come here to experience life is because we're going against our true essence. Is that right? Well, when we are in the spiritual realms, where it's usually where we are as souls before we return back, um, the expiation of our karma is can be very painful and takes very, very, very long time um, because we don't have a physical body, which, we, which is a sort of a buffer here. So we are given the great opportunity to incarnate here on planet Earth, which is a very unique planet, because here, Contrary to the rest of the universe, all souls from different um, vibrational spheres can incarnate at the same time. Normally in the spiritual realm, everything is like attracts like. 
you are surrounded by like-minded kind of souls. But here you come together and your neighbor, your family member, everybody else can come from a very different level and awareness. So here is a wonderful time to meet these souls. And also because we can undo, uh, undo karma, which we may have inflicted with that soul in the previous lifetime. It's a short period of only 800,000 hours or 30,000 days. That is our usual stay here on planet Earth. It is therefore only a school. This is not our home. This is only a school. And there we have the opportunity to suddenly experience our karma, which comes to us and we have our buffer, our body. We can take pills if we get sick. And it's a much easier way and a faster way because we can now forgive each other and make amends to each other and clear the negativity that we have once caused. Mm, I, I like that. It, it resonates with me because I remember having a conversation with my sister. She was um, yeah, always saying to me, how is it that you can endure so much pain in your life? And I said to her that maybe as a soul in a past lifetime, I endured that pain on somebody else. And this is my time to pay back what I did to somebody else. Um, that's the way that I saw karma. But I love the way that you describe it comes with us, like the whole cause and effect. It's a, it, it dribble, it, like it drips in every single day, right? Depending on, on uh, what we do, how we act, what we say, how, you know, if we act um, uh, out of our alignment. So if we are not of love, truth and light, so how do we, are we able to clear our karma in this very moment as we are living through, as, as the moment we acknowledge when something happens to us, we're going, oh, okay, that's a piece of karma. Um, is it a matter of, of identifying what have I done from a cause and a, an effect point of thing right now in this moment? Or is that going to be too hard for me to connect with because it could be coming from a different lifetime? Both is Both is possible. Very often we sense, like for instance, if suddenly you are having lung cancer and you smoked all the time and you were coughing all the time, the coughing should be a symbol, maybe I should stop it. So a lot of these things are also warning signs, they're not necessarily karma. The stumbling over a stone or something is not necessarily karma, it's just a watch out where you're going and watch out where your thoughts are. So we're facing a lot of other warning signs as well. We are never giving too much that we can't handle, it is all carefully dosed according to our own strengths of uh, our soul. So what we are receiving, uh, we feel it usually. Usually it's, uh, I think, in one of your ways of how you deal with this, uh, you are, uh, one of your techniques is basically to explore your, your emotions and, and, uh, and own it. I think that's a very important one. Look at it. Basically, that's what we're talking here about. Own the emotion because our emotion tells us there's something not in order. An emotion is usually something that hits me, uh, annoys me, upsets me, and there's something here. For instance, if I see war on television and so on, the first question, and I'm upset about it, is where is war within myself? Where do I have war with my neighbor, with my family member? The outside world is nothing but a reflection and a mirror for us. So anybody who comes into our life, who pushes our button, is nothing but a mirror of something within ourselves that is not cleared up. It can also be in relationship to that person. And yes, we often know when we have been bad to our sister-in-law or whatever it is, and now she comes and etc. what can we make here to make amends? Or can we order it? Can we offer forgiveness? The key is forgiveness, always. And if we can find it and know it, then go ahead. Don't carry it in the next day and let it not be. Uh, and Do it right away if you know what the problem is. 
In many cases, as you say, we do not know what it is. And therefore, going within and asking your inner guidance, use Christ, I would always do for me, but everybody can use God, whoever they wishes to do, and, and discuss it with him. It says, look, I feel very bad. There's something wrong here. I don't know what it is. If I've done something bad, please forgive me or show me what it is of how I can make amends. I leave it up to you. I am willing to change, but I need to know what it is. Maybe you can. I can have more clearance, but I totally own the feeling, not that somebody else has hurt me or said the wrong thing to me. This is only that it caused me a, a, a very sick feeling in my stomach. I don't. I, I know where it comes from, but I know that is not the reason. There's something else here. I may have done something in the past, and uh, ask Christ to do the forgiveness for me, the repentance and forgiveness. And Christ would then do the, the connection with the other soul. We do not connect directly to the other soul if the soul is not our neighbor we can speak to. But sometimes, like a person who has died, who feels still very guilty about it or have never said that we love him, I always use, or Christ always says to us, take me, I bring it to that soul. Trust me, I'm much stronger than your thoughts and your willpower. So that's where, how I deal with it. But it is always a question of clearing up our karma, repentance, forgiveness, making amends, and of course, then no longer doing it. I mean, that's the last final key. We can't just sort of forgive and then continue doing it. So that is the other key, of course, to stop our behavior pattern, which we have found out is not helpful. There's there's a, little, a word that is coming up that I have to share with you, and uh, I'd love to hear your insight. I'm a big uh, uh, a believer, was a big believer on forgiveness, and I was practicing forgiveness for years. I did ho o no pono. Um, I and what I found, Hans, what it was doing was the energy that I was asking for forgiveness or forgiving others was the energy of their wrongdoing. And it kept me in this perpetual circle of every time I go to forgive someone, I'm bringing forward of what they've done wrong, right? Rather than, and so then I went, okay, how about forgiveness is not working for me um, and I've been practicing it for years because it's all it does is um, bring forward of the wrongdoings. And so the other word that then came to me was acceptance. And I found this opening, Hans, that I'd never experienced before. Acceptance at a soul level that I chose, mate, and I'd like to hear more about the reincarnation, that I chose this life. I chose this experience. I chose these relationships and these people around me. I accept them and love them for who they are. So, because you mentioned the word forgiveness a lot, and I've only just come to light of this realization. It's taken me, you know, 50 odd years 50 and a half, uh, well, 57 years to come to that realization. After practicing it for about 20 something years, I realized that it wasn't working for me. And I'm just talking about me here. So Hans, I'd really love to hear your thought on it. I made a video called Don't Be a Victim, which is basically what you are saying. When you realize that the person who has harmed you is A, only reflecting a weakness in yourself, like uh, I'm not good enough and he just punches you and sort of, so if you see him as a mirror, thank you. If you have done some harm to that person in the previous lifetime or this is life, hurts you back, also thank you. Now we are sort of solving our, our, our karma. The third possibility is that you have asked the soul prior incarnating to, with a soul contract to come into my life to really hurt and hit me and be really bad to me so that I can learn maybe compassion, understanding, love. So he becomes my mentor, my teacher. So in all three cases, 
these are all instigated by myself. I created it in all cases, and in all cases, they're here to help me. Everything is here to help us. Everything is medicine. And as you say, once we understand that, real forgiveness is no longer necessary. I mentioned it in this video because then comes the step of gratefulness, thankfulness to the same person. It's a long step. I know a lot of people who feel abused or mistreated and so on to be grateful to that. I understand it is a, a big step, but eventually when you understand that this is all done for us and not to us. It's a different story. I always like the, the analogy of the raw diamond. If we see ourselves as a raw diamond, the cutter, the grinder, and the polishers are those horrible beings. We would call them evil to us. But without their work, we would never sparkle. So all these people around us help us to sparkle if we treat that right. So I think what you did is perfect. You understand eventually the point is you come be, be grateful for that. For, for the people who we think have done us harm. They have said they've reminded us of something in us to clear it up. They have so dissolved uh, karma and they have also given us opportunity to grow in areas we normally would not have grown. And it helps our soul to become more compassionate and understanding for other people's miseries and difficulties. Yeah, I, I agree with that because I feel that now I have a sense of love like I've never had before a sense of understanding mm -hmm. and compassion like I've never had before. And absolutely, like I look at all the things that I've endured over time um, is have been my greatest teachers. The, the hardest things I've, I've experienced in life have been the most profound. Um, and it's a, it's a, I know it's a, it's a big dichotomy from, you know, if you want to label it good or bad or good or evil, whatever that may be. But they've all taught me some amazing things. I wouldn't be this, the person that I am today without those experiences. Now, do I have those people in my life? Not, no. But I love them dearly and I love them for what they taught me. Yeah. So I love the fact that you explained it that way. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. We, this is a planet of Earth. It's a school. That's all what it is. And once you understood it, did I passed a class, a level. Great. I did it. Now I learned so much. I can move on. And I think that is the whole purpose here, why we are here, because we are here in a school. And this means sometimes, and comfort and growth don't get together, go together. So to, if we want to grow, there must be some discomfort. Otherwise, it doesn't work for us. I know. I always say get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And yeah, if I get that's... too comfortable, I think, okay, then I'm not growing. There, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm stagnant somewhere in my life. So uh, I've got to find something mm -hmm. that's making me feel uncomfortable. So I go out of my way to make sure that I feel uncomfortable in some area of my life as a way to expand. Because I think as a soul, and this is just my, my, my belief, I think as a soul, we should experience and expand. And I, I think that the thing I get stuck with, which I'd love to hear from you is then why are we reincarnating? Like what's the purpose of reincarnation? If we come here, because that's why I was asking at the start before we came on the show, do we come back to learn the same lesson if we haven't learned it in this lifetime or how does it actually work? The reason why souls incarnate, according to my understanding, has are many, many fold. Some people come back because they enjoyed their past life, their power, they had their money and so on. They, without even listening to the advice of their guardian spirits, they push themselves right into incarnation, hoping that they would continue the very self-centered, uh, pleasurable life that they had in the past. There are a lot of them those. There are others who incarnate just so, sort of to explore the planet Earth as such, more like visitors. But the majority of people come here to undo their karma. 
And to prove that point, it's a very important point to realize that uh, until the beginning of the last century, we only had about 1 billion people on this planet. It's, uh, it's sort of very sta stagnant for a long, long time. And then suddenly it went up to 8 billion people in a bit more than 100 years, which is incredible. Why? Because all these souls in the spiritual realms know what's happening on planet Earth. Planet Earth is rising to a higher vibration. Reincarnation, as we had it in the past, will no longer be possible for many souls because if their vibration is too low, they will not be able to come onto the higher vibration of the planet Earth. And now these souls incarnate with such energy and power and force them to incarnate here so that they can be part of the final days of the old world as it collapses in front of us. Not for enjoyment, but to undo their karma. It will be a very difficult time but once the karma is undone, they are free and they are happy and they are relieved of it. So that's the main reason why we have this overpopulation at the moment. And it also explains why a lot of these souls incarnate in the third world country, which vibrationally they normally wouldn't be. They are much more advanced, but they are the only bodies available because the other uses uh, uh, sex control issues or abortion. And so they, we have got much less babies in the first world war, but we have lots in the third world war. So we have this avalanche of souls incarnating here. So we having the, are giving the gift to incarnate here to undo our karma. As I said, it's faster, much faster here. It gives us much more opportunity to connect with souls of the other uh, we have met in the past. And um, we can forgive and we can make amends. All this stuff are very difficult on the other side. I love that you brought that uh, into this conversation because I've heard it a lot from different astrologists that say that there is an ascension taking place. There is an, uh, a, an awakening at, at a soul level, at a vibrational level, like even Mama Guy is in expanding from a vibrational frequency. You just have to look at Schumann's resonance and have a look at what's going there. Uh, so what does that mean? Like, what are we going to be stepping into from your understanding as souls as we are expanding and and, um, and evolution is taking place? What do you see for us in the future? Well, we evolve as, as fast as we undo our karmic burden. We are sort of shadowed. And when we let go and karma and forgive and let go, we slowly rise by them. This is individual. Everybody has it, does it in the, we have the free will. The greatest gift we are given the free. We can burden ourselves more. We can incarnate again and become even more burdened. That's also possible. Or we can undo our karma, forgiveness, and through love and can hire. And everybody has their own timetable. When the, the key is that eventually everybody will return because this temporary reality I mentioned earlier, which was created through the fall, is only the temporary. It's like a little glitch, which we started at the beginning of creation, and it will disappear, and we will soon all be back in the absolute reality. But when it will happen is in everybody's own hands and as they wish to evolve and let go and make amends and make peace with their fellow men. And not only with their fellow men, also with the other nature kingdoms, with the animal kingdoms, with the mineral kingdoms, plant kingdoms. Uh, very important that's because they are all uh, divinities everywhere. And if we have harmed or excessively hurt any of the other kingdoms, that also creates karma, not only the harm we did to other people and to ourselves. I love the, um, it, it made me think of a gentleman I see, he's an Ayurvedic doctor, Dr. Sam, and he talks about um, uh, the animal kingdom uh, and why he's a vegetarian. Uh, he talks exactly what you talk about. I won't, I don't want to eat a cow because I don't want to come back as a cow. 
Uh, I don't want to eat, you know, so the way that he described it was very much like uh, very respectful of the animal kingdom, which I love the fact that you brought that up. I'd love to hear through your quest, what has been your biggest learning or the biggest insight, um, you know, delving into all these beautiful topics that you delve into? The first thing which comes to my mind is that there are no secrets. Divinity has no secrets. God has no secrets. I think all the questions I ever had, I found, particularly in the last 40 years, answers to. Not that I know everything. I only know what I need to know and I can, the the questions, my questions are probably limited, but all the questions, my limited questions, I can find answers. Most religions and many other spiritual paths don't give all the answers. They give a lot of part information, but I feel that because the material I'm getting from through Gabi's uh, wonderful work are so um, so vast, and that's why all the topics I have in my videos are based on this vast knowledge. So there is an answer to everything that I should have. This is for my intellect. For my heart, I know that love is the only way forward. The only thing to do is that we learn to love again. We are love, we are made of love, and we have just forgotten who we are. And whenever we are unloving to ourselves or to others, we create this karma and we separate ourselves and we are not our true self. Our true self is love, unlimited, all-inclusive, selfless uh, love. And I think these are the two things which I learned. I think and we and we can do it here. And, and the other thing is, of course, the third the big thing is, like you did probably with the meditation and so on, is to feel and know that we are never, ever alone, that I have never been alone, that I have this amazing avalanche of divine help uh, with me continuously, 24 hours. I only have to ask them, connect with them, and they're here to help us because they want us to succeed in this very short period of our local visit here to planet Earth. They are want, they're on our side. Then do everything possible for us to succeed. That does not mean that they answer all our wishes because they are usually from the ego, but they want us to succeed in the main purpose why we are here to become love again. So I love that. I do practice that, although it is very hard is this day and age when we are living most of the time in our minds, thinking, and that's where the ego is. We're thinking, over-processing, over-analyzing. So dropping into your heart is a practice I do as often as I can. Easier said than done. Uh, and I love the fact that we're here to, so the way that I see, we're here to increase our vibrational frequency. It doesn't mean that we're going to transition. It just means that as we do that as souls, we're helping the collective uh, increase their vibrational frequency. Is that correct? As we're yeah, and ourselves as well, both. Yeah, yeah. Both, yeah. Both, yeah. Um, but then what I guess for me, what I'm looking at is how is it that we're in this day and age? So if we're, lo- if we're looking at um, uh, guidance for guidance, because I know a lot of people go, well, where do I get my guidance from? And a lot of people look external for guidance, whether it's, you know, government, whatever that may be, external. And I always say to how do we lead from within? How do we, whether it's using our intuitive intelligence, whether it's do we have souls and angels that will guide us to what we are meant to achieve here on this earth school? So how do we guide our or navigate this life within? And do we get the external? Like, for example, do you have your father working with you? No, I don't think so. I hope he has got better things to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, no, um, 
I don't know. I do not connect directly with specific souls on the other planet. And I've made a video on this, but particularly because they have their own path to go. I definitely have a guardian spirit like you have, like everybody else. Some I even have two. I don't know their name, etc., etc., but I know their presence and I feel their presence. I do not pray to them, but we, we talk together when we have to, when we have something to face. But my communication goes with Christ within, which is it's here on the, in the heart chakra. That's a Christ center. That's where the flame is. And that's where we can turn into. That's also divinity, God, and God is in everything. So I do whatever, wherever I look, I see uh, the essence of God in everything. So I'm surrounded by God's energy as well as having the Christ energy within myself and my guardian spirit next to me. And if I need other ones, like right now, I hopefully I've got a whole avalanche so that I don't say any nonsense or any, any stupid things which can confuse people. I think there are some editorial uh, angels right now here as well to help me to <laughs> stay on course. <laughs> so, I yes, it. I believe very strong, uh, strongly in the, and I work with them and I be with them. And I'm not afraid or uh, ashamed to admit that these are my helpers throughout the day, the months, the years. So every soul has a helper, an angel or a guardian. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so then it's just a matter of us tapping in with them um, as a way to ask for guidance or go within your heart chakra and ask Christ for guidance as a right. way to navigate through life. Yes. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, yes. In a way. Uh, you can do that. I think uh, the navigate through life, the first thing which comes to my mind for me is usually to surrender. When we say, I want to navigate through life, there can be a lot of ego in there. It says, I want to do this, etc. I want to be married. I want to have this, etc. Navigating through life, uh, they may not always play our role. They don't necessarily want to do it. But if we surrender to what comes, which you said earlier, when all the negativity, the email come to be these people who do harm, and you start thanking them, you surrender basically to the situation. And that made you grow. So when it comes to surrender to thy will is done, is a key word here, or the three key words, then they will always do anything for us if we totally surrender to that. But we can still ask them for some to, to give us guidance and help and, and, and clarity, I think. The most thing important is clarity. When we have an odd feeling as something is missing, something is wrong, what can I do now to make this right? Help me to show me. And then something will come up on television or whatever you may suddenly realize that can be a guidance which helped us. So they are here to help us in every form. But they're not uh, like a genie to ask, like a uh, to like a like the New Age teaching, like the secret and so on. I want this and this and, this, and they give it to us. That is not what I believe in. I love the fact that you do, you uh, brought that up because yeah, it's it's some people will say, I've asked my angel that I need to win Tats Lotto this week, but it's just not happening. Or well, I've I've prayed God <laughs> for money, and it's it's just not happening. So what's the point? Um, and I think they've missed the point. They've missed the point, right? It, it's, it's, <laughs> that is the point. Yeah, you know, it's external. Once again, externalizing it and asking for external help when really it's it's about looking at, and that's a victim mindset too. I think um, when we give our power away like that, and you talk a lot about victim as well. I've, I watched one of your videos. So how do we move away from that victim mindset? Because I see that a lot, Hans. I see a lot of people, poor me. This has been done to me you know, and play this victim. But I feel like the victim also plays a purpose in their life. 
you know, we talk like everything either hinders or helps us. And I think that sometimes people hang on to this victim role because if I'm a victim of whatever circumstance, I will get the support I need because I don't have the courage to ask for the support. Uh, so there's always, I can see like a secondary gain. And I'd love to hear how that works with karma as well. So how do we move away from the victim mentality? Well, one of the main reasons also victim is our ego is just I get sympathy. Everybody else, I tell my friends, I saw everybody, my husband, my wife is mistreating me or how terrible, terrible. I get all the sympathy. This is energy, the, the prana sucker. So very often, these not always, but very often, it's basically to make yourself important. It's the, the, the opposite of it, sort of the ego plays and the opposite of it to, to play that out. And how do we get out of it? It's basically to realize what you did or yourself there is everything is here to serve us. And uh, the, the pain, the suffering, which I'm going through that there is as horrible as it may be. It is only temporary here. It is not uh, happening in the reality as such. We can be the observer, remove yourself from the situation and understand that on a certain level, on a soul level, you have asked for that situation, either directly, previous Sui incarnation, or through your negative action, which was your free will. I once hurt somebody, now they're hurting me back. I have created the situation. I'm totally responsible. So owning the situation is very important. And then in the end, also be grateful and, and, and thank the situation. I think the thanking of the situation is helpful. But it's difficult to get someone else. Now, I want to mention one clear point here. Um, sometimes we are not here to be hit and, uh, how shall I say, abused by any human being. So it's if somebody is abusing us, it is our duty to remove ourselves as fast and as possible to stop it and not to continue the victimhood, not only for our reason, but also for the victimizer. The victimizer is using his free will and is creating more karma by hurting us. So we stop this. We're moving us, we're law case, whatever we can do, and remove ourselves so that the victimizer no longer creates more karma again for himself like uh, like I uh, for, for for me. So there's another thing to be said. says nobody is here to be hurt or victimized by any other human being. So we must stop it. And uh, all we are here is to, to love and understand. But sometimes we have to remove ourselves from these difficult situations. Practical things. Yeah, and that, that's once again, that goes to boundaries, right? It's once again, it's it's you do we do have a choice. Um, I love the fact that you you were talking about that it's everything happens, it's a moment of time. I always say uh, this too shall pass, that mm -hmm. whatever I'm experiencing, it is just a moment. And then I allow it to, so we, you were talking about feelings. I do allow myself to feel it and experience it. I don't go, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this or I shouldn't be experiencing it. I allow myself to experience it. So it goes through a lot quicker. Um, but then I go, what did I learn from it? Uh, yeah. Rather than hang on to the pain of it. Um, very good yeah i like that the focusing basically you're experiencing the the pain and let it flow through you not not pushing it back yeah i think owning it yeah i'm yeah. so interrupting you asked. no you didn't no 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 you didn't because i was just thinking that i think a lot of people hang on to the pain and don't allow their they don't even like experience the emotion because it's too painful so they'd rather yeah. put it away and 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 this i do a lot of shadow work so this to me that it builds the shadow because you talked about the shadow of the soul, mm -hmm. uh, which is yeah. pretty much what we've come here to yeah, yeah, bring yeah. light to the yeah. shadow. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. Explore the shadows of our soul. Yeah. To to undo the shadows so that yeah. the soul shines again. 
yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, a lot of people are just sometimes uh, not willing to face, or I think we, and most people are not, we are not trained to face our emotions. Men particularly are not. We all in our head, as you said earlier. And uh, so it's to face our own emotions is very difficult. Yeah, and so maybe just tying in the karma with the shadow, we are here to do shadow work, all of us. Is that correct? <laughs> And your definition of shadow work so that we understand each other is what? So sh the shadow work is the way that I look at it. Uh, and sometimes there is, you talked about a diamond. Sometimes there is a diamond in our shadow. There is a gift. Oh, I think not sometimes. There is always a gift in the shadow. As I keep delving into the shadow work, I keep finding these beautiful diamonds. And the shadow work could be things that we as a child was were not acceptable so we pushed away uh, and these could be our natural talents and skills that we're not even aware that we have within us um, shadow work is also some of the things that we have pushed away uh, whether it's so for example I always look at um, uh, we're constantly projecting so if we're not happy with our environment if we're not happy with our career if we're not happy with our relationship what is it that we are internalizing? Therefore, we're projecting into the environment. That's how I see it. Um, so the shadow work is always there. It's about when we encounter somebody, when there is a trigger or there's a reoccurring pattern, that's shadow work. Is that the same understanding you have? Yeah, I think these are all symptoms uh, or signals for us to do some work to become free of something. And as we, were, we may have stuffed something into our past and to free of it. Every time we do, every emotion is a signal, something to clear something up. And if we push it back, it will come back again, of course. It comes always, uh, it will show itself. So whatever is giving me an emotional charge is something that is in me that needs to be cleared up in whatever way it can happen from childhood can be very often a false belief uh, created from childhood and we have to overcome that one uh, so all these things are necessary to undo and I think all of these works in many cases we may not even be able to find out what this disturbing problem is and as I said that's what I said earlier then to go what I would do go to, to your heart chakra to Christ and says look this is a situation I don't know what it is Show me what it is uh, or how I can clear it up. And hopefully it will be shown to me or just uh, I'm sorry, whatever it might have been, what I've done to myself or to others. But to be honestly willing to look at it, I think that is already the step. And the moment we do this, this is a big key. I think we mentioned coming back to their victim mode earlier. A lot of people stay victim mode and do not want to forgive because the moment we forgive, the world changes. Everything is different. No longer I can tell my friends that I am victimized by my spouse all the time. Suddenly my spouse is an angel or my savior. And all my friends would think I'm stupid. What have I told them for the last 20 years? So the victim doesn't really want to change because suddenly he sees the world differently and the world will see the victim differently. And that's scary. Yeah, so true. Absolutely. So true. The the thing is um, with... Uh, uh, I guess the key to everything we do is going back to love and feeling our way through life. And that's how we navigate through life. And I love the fact that you use the word surrender. Surrender is letting go. A lot of the times people try to fix things up by adding more to their life. And all that does is really blocks what needs to come out. And so surrendering to me is also, what is it that I need to let go in this moment in time? 
or what belief system uh, or what emotion do I need to let go of? Uh, that's my surrender. What's your your practice of surrendering? Um, because everyone has a different understanding of what surrendering means. What is my practicing in surrendering? I'm just trying to think last time I surrendered when I was... Uh, yeah, it's totally realizing. I think the, the, the words, thy will be done, that's basically it. When I truly believe these words, which are in the, our Father, and it says, all right, I have done, I wanted the situation like this. This should be best. It's, uh, nothing worked, and it's not. I'm not healthy. I'm not better. I don't have the money. It's it. I didn't get the job. And then, okay, I surrender totally. Thy will be done because you have got a better view, better view of the situation of my life than I have. When I totally surrender to a higher power, with the words that, was, that for me worked like, like magic, I must say. And the, I, because when I did it the first time I did it, I immediately felt an enormous peace flooding through me. It's like this inner surrender. So, ah, I know better than you. So just let, let it happen. Whatever happened there was good for you, but not now you can see it. You will see it in a certain time when the time is after the healing comes. And so surrendering is, is just a trust and belief in God. That's basically, and God is love. And yeah. love will never want us to hurt, does not want us to suffer in any form of what love wants to do everything so that we also become love again. So anything that comes our way is there to us, for us to wake up again. Byron Katie has got this wonderful technique of this in the us in any difficult situation, but ask the three things why this is actually good for you. Whatever you hate, whatever the job, the boss, and lack of money, give me three reasons why that is good for you. And that is a powerful uh, tool to, to use and to remember because it always works. The moment we are open to find the gem, as you mentioned earlier, in every situation, that suddenly says, oh, that's a gem, that's another gem, and there are three gems in this situation. I never saw that before. In the spiritual teaching, uh, which I work, we speak about everything has the God component in it, divinity. The divinity is the life energy. Everything has a life energy. Look for the God within all these three things. It's basically the same thing. When you look for the God within, the positive element in every negativity, the negativity cannot exist on its own. It has to be, to be alive. It needs to be, have the God energy in it. And when you focus on the God energy, then the negativity will lose its power. I've never heard it explained that way. I love that. So thy will be done is your way of surrendering. And it's so true. Sometimes we hang on to these relationships or these jobs thinking uh, that this is what we want, yet there's a bigger calling for us. And sometimes it's just about letting go and trusting in God that there is a bigger calling for us. And I love the way that you explained that. Um, I am also very conscious of your time. I did want to ask you one more question. How can you tell the difference between the ego voice and the soul voice? Oh, the ego, very most simple thing is the ego voice has a pressing element, pushing. I want something as an urgency in the ego voice. The soul voice is always very quiet, very relaxed, very harmonious, very calm, never pushes us. It's very gentle, very soft, and, uh, and knows there is no pressure in, from that size. But the ego always has pressure. It's always an uncomfortable feeling. I must have it now, etc., etc. So I think that is probably the most uh, uh, important way of finding the difference between the two. If it comes from a calm element, and that's why meditation can be so helpful that we sometimes get the answer in the meditation or in a calm moment. 
that's so, that we get trusted but when, so when we are rushing about and so on and i want this i want this it comes from our head from our ego and that's usually uh, the wrong voice to follow but the one thing that i come back to the one thing when you said earlier <clears throat> is uh, that we sort of uh, i want the job etc and it so becomes so important it helps us to remind us ourselves that we are only here temporary for a very, very short time. The job is important. Yes, we have to feed the family and we have to pay our rent, but it is a school. And as a school, it has a secondary importance. The primary importance is to become pure again, to become clean again, to learn, to grow, to become love again. The jobs are only mediums for help to, uh, assistance are sort of uh, to help us on the way. But the main reason is to be the very short time here to purify ourselves. And sometimes to lose our job, to change a job is a good idea to come in a different environment. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I, the, what you were describing before, which I had not heard before, that negativity cannot exist without the divinity. That would be that would you would apply that with the ego as well, because a lot of people go kill the ego, ignore the ego, just work with the soul. There would still be divinity within the ego. It's not, ego is not all bad. It couldn't be alive. It couldn't be moved. It couldn't move us if it wouldn't have energy. And the energy is divinity, but in it, the energy is neutral. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take sides. God doesn't take sides. It's the energy. God is love. God doesn't see the negativity. It's we who created and see the negativity. But the ego is alive, and the aliveness comes from, from divinity, of course. It doesn't mean we should worship our ego and she should follow our ego, because that is a, that's where it landed us in a lot of trouble. Like a lot of negativities, uh, it's still the God content in it. But it could lead us into the wrong direction if we follow it. So everything, yeah, it's uh, that's the one thing. That everything, wherever you look, you do not see God, but you see God in everything. Every atom has a God element, every molecule and everything. So everything cannot exist without the energy of life energy, the life force, basically. It's vibration, again, becoming the, the key vibration is in everything. And when we focus on it, which is basically, as I said, look for the positive in the negative, there we have it. And there is suddenly the answer. Suddenly the, the clouds disappear and we see the blue sky again. Because, wow, we were surrounded by three gifts, which I mentioned earlier. Some wonderful things which I've never seen before. But we have to be open to find the positive and the negative. In the person who is harming us, the situation who is harming us, what is the, what is the positive here? What can I learn from it, grow from it, and how can I love it? I love that. Hans, I am conscious of your time. I'm going to have to come have you back on the show because I haven't asked all the questions that I wanted to ask you. But um, the way that we wrap up the shows, we always love to ask our beautiful guests is uh, what are sh three shiny golden nuggets or uh, three practical exercises or tools that you would like to leave for our audience today? Um, my letters I always assign is love is the only way forward because that is a very important thing. We are love. We are here to love. And love is the only thing which brings us out of this mess, whether we like it or not. And it's not the ego love, not the sexual partner love, but the big love, the, the, the divine love. The next point is being grateful. If we are ever down in whatever negative situation, immediately find a handful of points why you are grateful for this what what is in your life right now to be grateful for the moment we focus from our problem to the, what we are grateful for 
it changes everything in our body. The whole chemistry in our mind changes and we can immediately, really instantly come out of a very gloomy mood when we really are willing to look for at least five things or people in our life we are grateful for. I think it's a very powerful thing. And the other thing I mentioned earlier is uh, realize that we are never, ever, 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 ever alone. And in a time when there is so much loneliness in our time, and I get the letters of loneliness and suicide and so on, that to realize that we are never really here alone and that is always the whole universe is on our side to help us and to help us to pull through this valley of shadow of death and to come back out onto the light again. So we have all the support. We just must surrender and we must uh, see that we are never alone. In this very short period of only 800,000 hours on this planet Earth in this lifetime. Oh, Namaste. I love everything that you said, Hans, and I love all three. And I practice gratitude. And I do, I think yeah. it makes me look at the things that I have and be grateful for the things that I have. So thank you so much for your time, your energy, your wealth of wisdom. Definitely have to get you back on the show. Um, where do you hang out the most? I know, I know you've got this magnificent YouTube channel, which we'll have in the show notes, but where do you hang out the most? That's basically, I don't do much other, other social media and so on. I do, do, do my my uh, YouTube channel, Hans Wilhelm, you punched my name in and it will immediately come up. But um, no, I, I just am very careful with faith. I do have Facebook page as well and my website, lifeexplained.com. But I have no time anymore. And I'm very grateful that I never started this stuff <laughs> like Pinterest and so on. So uh, I do very little on the, on, on the other field. So that's where I hang out. I hang out with my videos. And if anybody's interested, they will find it. And if they don't like it, that's fine too. It's, uh, everybody has a free will. Well, I love it. I love them. I highly recommend to, to our beautiful audience to check it out. You're, for me, I've learned so much and helped me pull me out of that state when I was doing the seven-day fasting for sure. So once again, thank you for your time, your energy, Hans. You're beautiful. Your messages are beautiful. Your drawings are beautiful. And I love everything that you teach. So thank you. Thank you. I think, of course, the guides who helped me and Christ who gave the, all this information through Gavi to us. I mean, that's where it comes from. It doesn't come from me. I'm just copying this stuff and make it digestible for videos. Catherine, it was a great pleasure to have met you and have been with you. And thank you for raising all these interesting questions and we covered. And thank you. And maybe we meet again. That would be lovely. Would and so that. have a wonderful day. You too. Thank Australia. you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please click on share show with your friends to help make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to get involved is to click on follow show or leave a review on iTunes so that we can give you a shout out on the show. If you have been a long time listener of the show, you know we are big on delivering content that is valuable for you. Content that will address your pain points. So if you have any questions or ideas for a podcast show, please reach out and we will create the content to meet your needs. Yes, you heard right. If you have topics, themes or special guests that you want to hear from, please send us a note to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will create a show especially for you. 
wherever you are in the world, sending you love, blessings and peace. Namaste.